0: Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister, CEO of Scalex.ai and the AI for Sales Expert on the Sales Experts channel. I've got a special guest with me today, Lee Gall. Lee is uh, a sales and marketing consultant. He's been doing a lot of digital media, digital marketing for the last several years um, out of the East Coast in New York City, I believe. And uh, Lee, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chad. It's
1: good to be here.
0: Yeah, great. Um, great to have you, and I'm I'm looking forward to digging into uh, your knowledge and understanding of sales and marketing, and and how they traditionally have been siloed. How do we bring them together? But before we get into that, uh, I like to have our audience get to know you. So, how did you get from there to here, so to speak? Right, when you were a kid, you obviously had passions and goals and dreams um, you know, connect those dots for the audience. What did you do from then to now that caused you to be a sales marketing consultant?
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny because, uh, actually my dad is a minister. And, um, and so people say to me, you know, well, your dad has such a different path than you, you know, how did you end up where you are? And I I just tell people all the time, you know, well, my dad is in sales. Um, and so you know i've always seen him in sales uh, he has a product that he believes in uh, and he's successful because of the relationships that he has and so in that sense it's not that much of a different path um although my passion was really music and it still is one really of my passions um but when i try and look at all the, the ways that those things intersect they really intersect around the idea of telling stories um, you know whether it's a, a song Um, Or a relationship, you know, storytelling is really the the foundational tool for all of those things. So, um, you know, I I was on a record label and I did a lot of music and then I kind of settled down a little bit and and started um, my professional career. uh, And I kind of got into sales sort of accidentally. I'd done a little bit of cold calling when I was young. Um, I lived down in Austin, Texas, and and, um, a bunch of my friends, we all moved down there to to start making music. And I found a business card in our empty apartment, and it was for a place down the road selling um, stickers for the fraternal order police. And so that was my first experience. I was 17, 18. Um, And then, you know, fast forward, a friend of mine said, hey, anybody got any sales experience for the startup that I work at? And I was like, well, I've done some cold calling. And so I got the job, and I loved it. So uh, kind of a funny path that uh, got to where I am today. But uh, that's, that's kind oh, of Oh, that's I cool. Yeah. I
0: love that story. Um, what kind of music? Are you talking gu- guitar,
1: drums? What what did you play? Well, so I sing, I uh, play guitar, and um, I've worked a, a bunch of different kinds of genres, rock and roll. Uh, I've been a vocalist for um, a hip-hop uh, group. I've been some... Um, all kinds of different types of music and, uh, you know, recorded in Detroit looking for Motown people um, and uh, and even living in a band with Jack White's brother. Uh, I've I've kind of been all around the map music wise, but uh, I love it. And I still continue to to kind of drive ahead in that path. That's
0: really cool. One of the reps that worked for me turned VP of sales for a big company now, Richard Musterat's. Um, played in an 80s band. I think he may still do it, in fact, in San Francisco. And his attention to detail on staying in his craft, you know, two hours a night, I think, um, parlayed into what he does in sales and marketing. And that's how he now runs a team of over 500 people. And I could see it early on, right? He came to me and he had been, been playing in the band. He, he He was working with Riverbed Technology, maybe... Ten or fifteen years ago, uh, I guess it was two thousand seven. So yeah, it's been a little while. And um, yeah. let me just send this to uh, to voicemail. We're getting we're getting some cold calls as we speak. I think.
1: Nice. <laughs> right. so you're doing something right.
0: Yeah, that's right. So anyway, it's um it's great to have you here. L- let's dig a little bit into, you know, this is the AI for Sales show. So. I, I do like to kind of talk about what are you seeing out there as you deploy technology? Um, I know before, you know, before we kicked off today, you mentioned Gong and their use of machine learning and the ability to listen to conversations. Um, tell us a little bit more about your experience with with Gong and, and how that works for companies.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because, you know, when we initially, uh, I was working at an agency um, and. When we decided to kind of move forward with with Gong, um, you know, we all were bought into it. But I thought to myself, like, I don't really need help with coaching on my on my sales calls. Like, you know, I, I'm not sure what the value is here. But very quickly, I realized that, you know, with Gong, you had this really amazing automated process where they they highlighted all of the moments where there was. Um, you know, a promise made, a discussion and budget. I ask questions, the client asks questions. Uh, and you can go back and search that conversation and, uh, and get great value out of it, as well as having that uh, flow freely into the CRM to help inform where you are in the pipeline. And it's something that, that really you, you could do manually, but it would take so long. And here was a tool that did it all, like, you know, right on the spot. Um, and that's incredibly valuable. I, I think um, I, if I wasn't sold before, I was definitely sold after at, at that technology. Just how it it really, it's like having um, another salesperson listening and taking the best notes you've ever had in your life um, all in real time. So I think that was a huge value. And that's just one place where I see AI making, making impact. Um, I also like to spend some time kind of, I'm a student of sales. And I've spoken to a lot of different people and gone to a lot of events, and I've heard some interesting ways to kind of implement machine learning for helping to find um, prospects and, and uh, lead information. So, lots of stuff out there. But. Well,
0: it's interesting you say that. We, we were using Gong. We've been using Chorus now maybe the last year. Or so, those are kind of the, the two big ones. There's another one called Jiminy. There's another one, Exec Vision. Who really kind of founded the space? Exact Vision was out there before either of the two. And um, Amanda Ambrose is someone who used to work for Vorsight with Steve Richard. Uh, she reached out to us in November, uh, and and she said, "Hey, uh, I I do sales coaching. You know, would you be interested?" And so I said, "We've got so much in the library of Chorus that's been you know that we don't necessarily look at all the time because we're a small three to five person sales team." and so we hired her in the month of December and it's amazing because she can go in and look at and hear and fast forward the tail of the tape on several prior calls then she can go in and do some training and then monitor the effects the after effects of that training so I think what what probably would have cost us you know at least five, six months worth of effort of why splitting into a phone and listening uh, can now be done yeah. in you know one month for a lot lower investment. So faster, better, faster, yeah. cheaper—the power of AI. So
1: yeah, very cool. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Tell hey, me you know, a little. I
1: heard something that... Sorry. No, no. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say, tell me a little bit about sales and marketing. Um, you've been on both sides of the fence, and and so have I. So. Inside of big companies, you know, in a smaller company, I run. I'm as the CEO. I'm marketing, sales, sales rep, delivery. You know, you can be all things to all people. As you get bigger, you start to have a CMO and a VP of Ops and marketing ops and sales ops. You know, and it can get very convoluted with everybody having different goals and objectives. How do you bring? You know, that's always been a problem. How do you see bringing that line together? So that people are actually singing, you know, in an orchestra, how do they not, you know, how do they stay in tune
1: together? Right. Well, I mean, I would love to tell you that, uh, that I've been able to, to work in an environment where sales and, and marketing look completely, perfectly aligned, but that wouldn't be true. Um, I, I think the, the problem of siloing the two is almost everywhere. Um, you know, it, it, it starts with the very inception of the company. You, know, you get a company where you get some founders. They have to be all things. And, uh, and, you know, they go and, and hunt for, for investment. They get those for sales. And then it gives you that sense that, you know what? I already did sales. Um, let's just hire a bunch of cold callers and get them to, to drive more sales. It's not that hard. Um, you know, and, uh, and, and we'll just, Bolt on a sales team, we'll hire somebody here already internally who can just take over sales. Um, there is sometimes a real lack of understanding of, of how foundational the, the sales team really is and, and how much of a part of marketing it, it is. Um, one thing that I really like to make sure that I do is, is get a sense of how the CRM and the marketing automation platform are, are set up if it seems like the CRM and the marketing automation platform were set up by different people, they probably were. They're probably speaking different languages. Um, but it's all one funnel. And if you divide a line between them, that line is imaginary. The marketing funnel and the sales funnel are all part of one goal. If any teams need to be perfectly aligned, it's the marketing and sales teams. In fact, I think it should be sales and marketing or marketing and sales. There shouldn't really be separate. Um, goals and objectives. It's just how far down the pipe um, you go. You know, marketing is typically, you know, that top of funnel, but, you know, the cold calling and cold emailing, that's top of funnel as well. If, if you're both working for the same objectives, using the same messaging, and able to leverage the content that, that works for both, then you're doing a lot better than a lot of other companies. And I think everyone struggles to do that.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think. I've I've seen a lot of organizations in, in marketing get really good at account-based marketing. And that's typically how sales was focused for the last 20 years. So I, I think marketing's come around to say, all right, you know, we can play in this game. And now I'm seeing the pace of of understanding of marketers surpass what sales has done. Because once you put the marketing horsepower and the analytics and uh, all of that data intelligence to work, then you, know, you can penetrate accounts a lot more effectively. So um, one of the tools, we just purchased a, a company at the end of 2020 um, that, that uses AI to find influencers in your network that you can then leverage to get you meetings with your top prospects. So most of the time you're calling into the prospect, Hey, you know, I'm a sales guy. I want to get 15 minutes on your calendar. And everybody does that same motion versus going to someone in your network and saying, Hey, I see, you know, Joe Schmo, would you mind making an introduction and coming in through the side door is having a lot of business benefits to accelerate the ability to get meetings. And the good news is when you go that route, you're 180 times, according to Salesforce, 181 times more likely to close a deal than when you're cold calling someone. Um, Yeah. So it's it's pretty interesting. Yeah, your
1: leads should never be cold. They should be warm. And, and, uh, you know, it surprises me how often the sales job description involves, you know, absolutely frozen cold calling and emailing. When the data just, it's clear you know, it's clear, it doesn't work. And if it does, it's, it's a, a statistical anomaly, really. Um, there has to be other things at play when, when you are able to close a completely cold um, interaction with, with a prospect. Um, the better way is like you're talking, you know, find a way to provide an introduction or some kind of warm um, component in that, in order to actually get some real genuine interest and a uh, better qualified of lead that will ultimately close.
0: Yeah. So that was my sort of pandemic lesson learned was the art of referrals actually works well. And and now we own a company that Mm -hmm. does that. Um, You know, in preparing for this conversation, I think you said you have some lessons learned from the pandemic and you've done some work with your your child, in fact, and, and you've learned some lessons there. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Boy, girl. Uh, what? What's your? What's your? Girl. Yeah. Girl. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I have a six-year-old girl, and she's in the first grade here in New York. Um, and, and you know, ultimately, I realized that um, you know, trying to figure out ways to be effective as a communicator is something that I've really tried to hone uh, as a salesperson, um, but now that I'm having to take on the teaching role uh, and my wife and I split that teaching role with my child, uh, I've come to understand that uh, it works everywhere in life. You know, uh, we bring our own garbage and, and, and sort of, you know, baggage to everything that we do and say. Uh, And, and, you know, when that's an adult conversation where you're, you know, trying to have a sales call or a business meeting or something like that, you know, It's like, oh, you know, it's important for me to kind of be empathetic and to listen and and all the rest of it. But it's so applicable in real life um, and and the things that really, really matter, like talking to the child. You know, the lessons that I've learned from being a father, I've been able to apply all through my life. Um, And and one of those is, you know, be completely humble and be completely um, without bias when you approach any kind of conversation. You know, if you say, oh, I hate spiders, you know, they're awful. You kid's going to hate spiders without any good reason. And then you said you hate spiders. It's like that idea of, of painting a seagull in, in the prospect's picture. I don't know if you know the David Sandler thing where, you know, you do not raise objections or, or bring up questions to a prospect if they didn't bring them up first. Well, in that same way, when you're having a conversation with, with a kid, you've got to remember, hey, you're the adult. They're looking to you for for their sense of what's real and what, what works and what's safe and all the rest of it. And if you don't keep an eye on on the types of things that you're saying, you're influencing them in a way that, that isn't a natural thing they came upon themselves. Um, so in sales, it works. And in parenting, it works.
0: Oh, yeah. I love that. I mean, I've been seeing some posts recently and I have a hard time agreeing with it that you know, everyone has their own truth. And, you know, I'm sort of a religious, you know, I was, I, was re- I wouldn't say religious, I would say Christian uh, believer, as opposed to religious person, because those are two very different right. things today. And, um, right. and so I view a certain truth. And yet, you know, some of my mentors are saying, well, everyone has their own truth. And, and that's kind of what, you know, there's, there, it's interesting, because sure, we all have our own understanding of the world. Um, and and mm-hmm. yet, you know, your dad's a pastor. And so, I've, you know, it's, it's kind of an interesting, is there truth? I believe there's truth. Uh, but then again, everybody yeah. else ha- has their own perspective of the world. So it's kind of an interesting, yeah, yeah. It, interesting discussion. It, it's more like,
1: you know, every, I think there's one truth, but there's many different opinions. It, truth by its very definition isn't um, in any way subjective, right? It's objective the difference is you know belief can be very real and that's fine beliefs are real but those are personal truth is universal by definition so you know say oh everyone's got their own truth well then my truth is that's not true and that goes to show how that whole thing (laughs)
0: that's right right, that's right well this has been a fascinating conversation any um what are the typical kinds of clients that that might benefit from working with you? Um, as we head into a new year, this will probably publish in early January. What, um, mm-hmm. you know, what, what do you? What are the types of pr- business problems that you like to help companies solve?
1: Yeah, so I, I like to work a lot on um, coming up with content strategies. Um, you know, I have extensive history in uh, technology and hospitality, small SMB and enterprise. So, uh, you know, retail, e-commerce, uh, automotive, you name it. Um, and, and what I've found is in order to be a good salesperson, you have to be a good marketer. And so, you know, really helping people to come up with, uh, you know, classic strategies, and and even sort of doing some soul-searching around branding and and the types of audiences that, you know, are going to be important audiences, especially now that the pandemic has totally changed the landscape of business. Um, So I I do it all. I have lots of different capabilities from, you know, SEO, uh, social, uh, PR, um, you know, and and lots more in my tool belt. And so, you know, I'm able to do engagements with, with really any company out there. That's looking for help with uh, digital marketing strategy and, uh, and content strategy.
0: Got it. Excellent. And b- paid ads yeah. part of that as well. Google ads and yep. that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. Well,
1: paid search, organic search. Session.
0: Maybe maybe we should stay um, in touch here.
1: So. <laughs> we, we should. And, and hey, oh, I have one oh, more thing I wanted to to, to mention here um, because I was doing a little bit of extra kind of thinking about the AI thing. And I wondered if you'd ever seen that like Google Duplex. Mm, no. It's an AI service that Google has with their Pixel phones where you can have your assistant call and make an appointment for you. Call a restaurant and it sounds absolutely real. Okay. I've um, seen, I saw that when it came
0: out a year ago and I yeah. really yeah. almost felt like a demonstration or a beta test and I haven't seen it mainstream, but that's a real thing now. Yeah.
1: Right. So what I'm waiting for is, is some kind of service that will do that for cold (laughs) calling.
0: Yeah. I went to the Amazon voice conference and it's pretty amazing because as long as you can program a chat bot or an email bot, all you're doing is adding voice on top of that conversation. And, you know, this was two years ago in New Jersey at the very first one. And I walked out of there going, wait a second, you mean I could actually make it cold call? Now, there's some business laws around using a computer to make a cold call that that could be a a challenge. Um, But if it's an opt-in, then no problem. So this definitely kind of goes in line with where I believe the world's headed with the power of AI is that you'll have a lot more... You know, women in sales is becoming a, a, a high growth market. And I believe because, gen, you know, I'm generalizing. So this is not a, <laughs> you know, this doesn't hold true for everyone, but it's, it's certainly okay. true in my household. Uh, my wife and daughter are more empathy powered and have the ability to communicate with a higher level of emotional intelligence. No doubt about it. And so if you can program the high EQ into the phone conversation and into the emails and the chat, you know, your conversion rates will go up. So it's interesting as we head into this new this new decade.
1: <laughs> I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's Lee, awesome. this has been fabulous. What um if people want to get a hold of you, how can they reach out to you?
1: Well, yeah, they can um reach out to me um, on LinkedIn. So legal on LinkedIn, um, legal on Twitter, at legal at gmail.com. And you can check out my website, legal.com. So Perfect. Uh, I own the name. It,
0: and it's not legal. It's it's legal. L-E-E-A-U-L. So that's awesome.
1: That's right. I'd be a lawyer if it was the other
0: way. So. <laughs> that's right. Well, great okay. talk with you today, today, Lee. I appreciate your time. Good luck with your six-year-old. And and as you continue through this crazy school year and uh good luck with your business and and we'll be in touch
1: thanks same to you uh and merry christmas happy holidays and, and happy new year i can't wait to see uh how this turns out and to stay in touch with you
0: yeah all right everybody merry christmas happy new year and we'll catch you on the flip side this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business
1: podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com